0: Have you ever wondered what would happen if you were brave? I mean, really brave. Brave enough to back yourself in a vision of what life could look like if only you could be brave enough to cope with the uncertainty, the doubt, the instability that comes with stepping towards a dream, yes, but stepping towards the unknown. That is just one of the things we're talking about with my guest this week, Taylor Hansen. Yeah, from Hansen. Taylor Hansen is my podcast guest this week. Before we get there, though, we are going to have to play some ads to uh, keep the lights on here at Better Than Yesterday headquarters. There is an ad-free version of this podcast that you can get. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. Until then, let's pay the piper.
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So, to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. Sold! give it a try at mintmobile.com switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ask yourself how many of the things that you value came out of, like, responding to fear, letting fear win, you know, proposing to a partner, you know, pretty sure you're probably scared, really petrified to make that move, if you've made that move, taking a new job, applying for a new job, at the school you chose to go to, the, the buddy that's your friend that you, you know, maybe met, like, at the, you know, playground at the school that when you were in first grade, or maybe when your buddy that you met in college, or whatever that leap was, most of the things that I would argue I would guess most of the things that people value before those things occurred, they probably started from deciding to be brave.
0: That is singer, songwriter, brother to six, and father of seven, Taylor Hanson. And this is better than yesterday. <laughs> Welcome to Better Than Yesterday. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. This is a tri-weekly podcast that is here to make your day better than yesterday, something you hear on this show, and every show is guaranteed to do just that, to make your day better than yesterday. We've been here since 2013. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays here with a guest, Fridays and here with you. Uh, I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm a TV show host. Sometimes I count roses. Sometimes I yell at you know giant spiders to take it off. I'm an author, I'm a dad, I'm a stepdad, I'm a, a barbell lifter, I'm an indoor bicycle rider, I'm a green screen lighter, and I'm doing some live shows in Melbourne, 3rd of April and the 22nd of April in Brisbane. I'll announce guests on the night, but let me tell you there's some absolute doozies. I'd love you to come and be a part of the show because, look, I love listening to podcasts because podcasts make me feel like, oh, these guys are my friends, all right? And I feel like I'm connected and I'm in the room and I'm 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 there with other human beings. Well, how about we do that together? All right? com. Come get that kind of podcast vibe. April the third in Melbourne, we're doing two shows that day. April twenty second in Brisbane, two shows that day as well. Tickets right now at com. Like I said, some guests that guests are absolute doozies. But I want you to have that feeling of, oh my God, when they walk out. So yeah. I'll tell you about my guests when they're about to walk on stage and that'll be super, super fun. So let me tell you about my guest today. Taylor Hansen is a singer and a songwriter and a dad from Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a career spanning over 30 years. Hansen, they shot the Fame in 1997 when the pop masterpiece, Mbop was released you know what? Now, these days, 30 years later, they're selling more tickets to their live shows than they ever were during that incredible time. And it's no secret. It's no secret at all. I, I absolutely love this band. And I hope that this um, this conversation might be your chance to discover, I guess, some of their music, which for me over the years has always felt like the sun coming out on a, on a cloudy day. Hanson have a brand new album on the way out. Uh, May 20th is when it comes out. The first single is called Write You a Song and it's already making waves. Everything you need to know is at their website, which has been the same website for nearly 30 years, Hanson.net. This is a a glorious conversation and it's one that I'm im immensely proud of because, uh, look, I'm a fan of their music, but you don't have to listen too hard. There is something in Hanson's lyrics that betray a, a deeper wisdom beneath and I think today you're gonna to hear, not only that is Taylor Hansen a, a superb musician and a superior songwriter, but he's a man who thinks quite deeply about the world and his place in the world. I'm super grateful to have connected with Taylor in this way. I certainly hope that you, you feel that connection when you listen, because it's a nice thing. This is a chat that's about music, about longevity, about fatherhood, about family, and a little bit about rowing. Big thanks to Isaac Hansen, who was actually on hand on the night. Cause it was morning when I did it here. And Isaac Hansen was on hand to, to help with some finicky microphone issues with the streaming platform that we use to get high quality audio 15,000 kilometers away. But we made it. So thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed this absolutely wonderful conversation with Taylor Hanson. There's so much to talk to you about today, uh, Taylor. Um, Goodness me. (laughs) Um, I would like to talk to you, obviously, about this new record, uh, which is glorious and and makes me want to, in the words of Freddie Mercury, it makes me want to take a long ride on my motorbike uh, Mm -hmm. and hit some highways. Um, I would like to talk to you about rowing. Uh, oh yes, but I think most importantly, what I need your help on today, uh, Taylor, is that uh, you have seven children. Yes, we I have do. two. We have two. Uh, our eldest are the same age, just turned eighteen. But wow. this morning, Wolf, who's nearly three, was like. I'm not eating this porridge, I'm standing (laughs) on my chair and while I stand up here with no straps, like, you know, three feet off the ground, I'm going to take my pants off and I'm going to throw them at you and there's nothing you can do about it. In the meantime, I'm like, I've got to get downstairs because I've got to talk to you, my wife's got to get out the door, the eldest has got to get to the gym. What are you doing in that situation, man? (laughs) Help me out here.
1: You grin and bear it. Uh, you, you try and um, you know. I like to say they were made cute so you don't kill them. Uh, <laughs> so they, they uh, you know there was some beautiful design involved there. You you know you don't eat your young. You know you. It's I don't think there's a perfect answer there. I think it's that that like calm in the storm you know mentality. You know you you learn to like okay I'm gonna zen this thing. Like I'm going to take the the absolute insanity and I'm going to treat it like, um, when suddenly there's a fire or, or a tornado and, and get like, go in instead of, instead of panic, like jump tip the boat, so to speak, works with rowing too. Um, you, you just gotta go, okay, this is going to pass. I'm not going to die and I'm not going to kill anyone because they're my offspring (laughs) Murder is bad. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, But in the the moment when... uh, How do you manage it? The wonderful thing about it, Taylor, is that on top of all this is the, you know, quarter to four this morning, dad, dad, dad. Oh, yeah. And I'm in there and he's he's got both hands in his face trying to pull his lower jaw out of his gums because his teeth are coming and... He's done a poo that's making my eyes, you know, it's really like real acidic teething poo. Oh man, it's it's still night. We can't get up and play around. It's four in the morning. Here, give him, you know, some analgesic, something to kind of calm the pain down and give him a bit of a cuddle and try to put him back to bed. So there's sleep deprivation on top of that, mate.
1: I know. It's amazing the human race survives. (laughs) How do you- It's really
0: incredible. How, what What advice can you, seven is no joke. (sighs) How do you yeah. and your wife maintain a connection when there is so much important connection to be maintained between you and all the kids, between the two of you?
1: Well, um, you're, that's the eternal question. Um, you know, it's, um, you learn to see the long, you know, play the long game. I don't, you you try and... Um, develop, you start being, you have to be proactive to develop the patterns that get you, that keep you sane. And as those things get smaller, those windows get smaller and smaller, right? You, you have less of the, this keeps me sane, you know, I know like I get my exercise in early in the morning or I get my coffee. You know, I just, as long as I get my coffee in this way, it just sets the day the right direction or in the other direction, you know, did I at least say that one consistent good Thing to affirm my partner in her course, so you know that, that gets logged on Tuesday and Wednesday, and you know, like those little pieces of like co-steering that ship, they just become more and more and more important. And I'll tell you one, I mean, you now you have you know you know a, a son that's that uh, yeah that's the same age. Georgia
0: is eighteen and taller than both of us, and Wolfgang is yeah. I don't know, he's about th- three feet high at the moment.
1: Yeah. So that's the huge gap. You've seen the cycle, right? Now you've seen it come full circle. I think that's a huge, now it's a help because when they're, when, you know, now I feel like the statement, you know, the, the days are long and the years are short. That is so true. It is so, so true. The days are long and the years are short. The days, some dates and some nights feel like okay, this child is never going to sleep. I'm never going to sleep. I'm pretty not, I have no idea how I'm supposed to talk to someone on a conference call, record a song. But at the same time, the, you know, the, Hey dad, let's go watch a movie. Hey dad, will you make this, you know, let's eat ice cream. Hey dad, will you throw this ball for me? Or, you know, will you play? Like the, the love that you get back as a parent, right? It, it fills this whole other area of, of your existence that, um, that f- somehow gives you a little extra fight, and it doesn't mean that you're you're not in pain. <laughs> it's sort of like reminding yourself that you're going to survive the trials of management uh, in order to get through. You know, but that's it. It's like you know, I don't know. There's no secret.
0: What are some th- like? You are you've got a lot of kids, but you're also. You're also one of a lot of kids. There's there's more than two other brothers yeah. uh, in the in the Hanson family. I'm number
1: two of seven. Yeah.
0: That's right. So what things did you see your parents do that you have you at the time you were like well, I don't understand why they do that, and now you're like, like oh, what is
1: my problem? Why did I not get this? I have no excuse at all. What what is wrong with me that I replicated this? You know when I saw them the things I will say about my, my folks um, that I, I really did see. And then I think I don't, I think I silently met more to me than I realized um, is they didn't, you know, growing up in a big family, you do have this, this broader sense of working with others. You know, when you grow up in a large group where you're, you know, you know that you are a type of person, you're not the universe. Like this person's this way, this person this way. And you spend your, whole upbringing kind of negotiating that and we weren't really told um you need to be this way we definitely were um we were given room i think to be who we are uh and um there was definitely a focus on kind of the deeper things versus the 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 topical things um and and of course our history right i've been first time we came to, uh, the lovely country of Australia was 25 years ago. Um, and I was 14 years old. So lo- a lifetime ago, we were in a very strange environment. Most, most 14 year olds aren't traveling the world and aren't, you know, playing music and all that stuff. So all these other things interrupt all of the typical questions around, you know, coming up and being yeah. coming of age. But I think my folks definitely set an environment, um, in the parental role of, um, you know the deeper stuff matters more than the the sort of topical you know popular stuff, or go make money or and then that that's spiritual too. I mean, we grew up you know with strong faith and you know and and if without getting into that discussion with the world, um, what that really means it, it, from a practical point of view is if you believe in something higher than yourself, you you step back and you look it through a lens. That is not simply survival, right? You you be you believe in sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think that's huge. Yeah. I think it's huge. And 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 for those that have different faiths, I think the 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 strong the strength of having a belief in something that is greater than yourself is really that so, so important. I, I cannot imagine struggling through creating a business, raising a family, surviving a relationship. Keep, you know, loving friends when you just want to like reach across the table and sock them in the face, you know, people you've known your whole life, you know. It's like, what's your problem? And you stop yourself because you're like, man, I'm probably going to regret that. And so having those reference points where you you believe that you're kind of, it's not just a big accident that just exploded. At least that's for me. That's not for everybody. That helps I understand
0: exactly what you're saying. It's actually interesting we're speaking today. I'm, uh, as of yesterday, actually uh, American time uh, where you are, I'm, I'm 12 years sober today in America. So technically today is my 12th birthday because uh, <laughs> uh, it was the 14th of March, uh, 2010 uh, that I woke up in New York. Is that Yeah, I woke right? up in New York and went, uh, I can't ever do that again. And that was 12 years ago. And a big part of wow. me staying sober, and as you mentioned, it, it's not for everyone. Um, I'm in a, a fellowship of uh, people who help each other stay sober. They count Days and take steps. There's more than yeah. eleven steps. There's less. say look out for each less other. than thirteen steps. There's more than eleven. You can figure it out. Anyway, part of that is uh, you just have to accept that there's something bigger than you. For some people, that is uh, a god or a godlike thing. Uh, for some people, like me, uh, I I struggled with that. And my guy just said to me, mate, just pick something bigger than you. It's just gotta be something bigger than you because of course. otherwise you turn into a selfish prick who thinks everything's about you. So just what's bigger than you right. and what can you be humble before? And I've told this story before, but I heard this amazing tale uh, one day, uh, a bloke, he was a farmer. Um, he's probably from your part of the world, had some poor experiences. Um, uh, in the in the past with the preacher dad he's like I can't do that and he goes I said i don't care so he um he he was humble before his tractor because uh, without his tractor he was his, yeah. his tractor he couldn't look after his family he couldn't tend to his fields he couldn't if he didn't take care of it and be humble before it and not think he was bigger than it or you know want to run it down the you know with the plow before it warmed up and break it he couldn't harvest um so he chose his tractor and like just whatever works. And I, I, since, and I have to be reminded of it daily, I'm not going to lie because that's still selfish person still exists within me. It's, I feel it's super important to be constantly reminded it's not about me. It's a, yeah. and as a human being, I am wired to help others. If I am in service to other people, my life is better. And, um, I I can see what you're saying. You you talked about your folks before in that first trip out to Australia. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, for folks who who may not, for people who may not um, be aware, we're talking about 20,000 people in a time before the internet, in a time before social Mm -hmm. media, in a time before text messaging, Yes, um, 20,000 people found their way to, on buses, trains, walking, minivans, however,
1: and you're sitting at a recording, a record store. Yeah, yeah, It was a record store, Madness. it was an in It was
0: mammoth. That, that's the story of the kid or the child or the underage musician who is just under this, just being waterboarded with adulation, adulation
1: mm-hmm.
0: being waterboarded <laughs> with adulation, being waterboarded with nothing you do is wrong. Everything you yeah. do is awesome. Let's keep the money train going. The story of that is so well played out, and we there are 150 different ways that that ends, you know, but there's Terrible, one really yeah. common way at around the age of 22, if there's 150 of those kids, 149 are pretty much at the same spot at the age of 22, and we all know what it is. That you three didn't, there should be a Grammy for your parents. <laughs> like that they were able to yeah. guide you through that is incredible. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, ab- absolutely huge credit to my parents. Huge credit, and more more credit now to them than I even think I realized then. And, and we were pretty self aware to to be appreciative of that. But it's so much even clearer how hard how hard that would have been for them to to be alongside the success and f- trying to figure out well what do you do? How do you not? How do you not? over control and respect that we had wanted this and done it. And we were young, but we, it was us. It was, it was who we were. It wasn't some stage parent thing, but just to be there as counsel and kind of walk it along and give good input uh, and, and try to not add to the already very challenging situation. You know, the one thing, so I would say is you, you can't change who you are. I mean, you, you, you show up a certain way. And I, I think you're talking about is finding something higher, finding a calling, finding something to serve. Um, we, I always have felt, I feel that today and everyone the three of us are not exactly the same in what calls us, what drives us. But since I was really, really young, I just, um, I've just seen the, you know, see this almost like a picture, like this is where I want to go. And, and you're just walking towards that until all of a sudden you sat, you find yourself, Oh my God, I'm standing in that thing that that happened. I got there. And so most people don't ever get the blessing of suddenly finding themselves in that picture they painted in their mind and it actually happening. It's so uncommon, more uncommon than I wish it was. Honestly, I think I'd love to see more people realize their dreams, truly live in this happened. And so you know, in other things I've done and and we've done together and I've done separately, you know, I'm trying to describe what that does to a person in a positive sense. Um, I, uh, I told somebody that I was trying to share um, a new project with, so a nonprofit that I've been really passionate about that we started in 2014. And anyway, that's focused on food and hunger related issues and, uh, I was visiting with somebody. I said, like you have to understand, I'm a really dangerous person to be around. And they're like, well, what does that mean? Ooh. They said, because I am one of those people that that had a big idea or believed in something and was, you know, gosh, was crazy enough, got supported, we you know, tried things, failed, and then it and it worked. And so when you're ever around somebody that has seen sort of not just like, the, yes, we're lucky, we're blessed, we don't control, you don't control having some big hit, Blah, 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 of course. But when you do achieve something that you really imagined and hoped for, and then you see it play out and it actually happens, then you you are a danger to mediocrity. <laughs> You're a danger to the status quo. Because everybody else goes, well, it's probably never going to happen. I'm like, well, heck yeah, it can. The challenge is, how do you survive success? How do you survive getting, getting you know, it's like the dog chases the car until he bites the bumper. He's like, well, what, happened? what do I do now? Well, you need a lot of cars to chase, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, so I think um, I heard I loved what uh, Quincy Jones the uh, great documentary about Quincy Jones came out a couple years ago that people have I'm sure seen. Such a genius. You know, one of the great minds of the last century. Um he's and he said someone asked him how does he stay humble, right? He's done extraordinary things over and over and over from Frank Sinatra to Michael Jackson. He said, "Well, you just if you always have such if you always have such ostentatious goals and possibilities in your mind, then you never feel that you have I'm paraphrasing that that you have a reason to be ego, have an ego because you're never satisfied. <laughs> you're always imagining what's next. so I, I'm always hungry for what's next. I think that focus, that kind of almost frustration um with wherever now is, which in the wrong way, could be toxic. But that the, the sort of drive or interest or curiosity about what's next that is that's been to me the survival um, That's what's made survival possible because aside from also having anything we discussed before that higher vision or, or sense of purpose yeah. but that like oh my god, but what if what if what if that what if this what if that like that and and not being like well, I really got it figured out. I'm pretty great you know.
0: Well, there's clearly, a, uh, you, you mentioned before, you know, systems of survival that you put in place between uh, you and your wife to maintain a, um, you know, a relationship and a, you know, a, 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 oh, yeah. a, a functioning thing that can model for your own kids, which is really, really, really important. What are yes. the systems that, like, h- how do you just, like, not whittle the day away looking after seven kids and, you know, making sure you get your cup of coffee? Do you be like, are you, okay, no, I absolutely have to, I have to, you know, I've got a limited amount of time. I've got to action this, push this thing forward, nudge that thing forward, like moving pieces on a chessboard, bit by bit, by bit, by bit. Is it a deliberate thing or is it just a part of how you operate?
1: Well, um, I do have, I mean, huge amount of trust and a huge amount of support from my wife. I mean, we, we got that, there's just zero way I could be who I am if she was not, uh, really in my corner. And dedicated to, to being the glue with the family and the kids. And, and the interesting thing about both of us, you know, neither one of us thought we would be parents of a bunch of kids. Um, she has always been working in, in many respects, but has never been the breadwinner. So that dynamic, uh, is the only reason I could have seven kids and be as, as focused as I am on what, and the amount of things I do because of the time, the commitment, I mean running a house of seven children is like four jobs. It's not a full-time job. It's 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 the hours don't exist to measure that. I mean it, and so you're you're crafting the future. You know you literally inve- you're you're making people. Like you, a person is not made the day they're born. Right? They they are ever being made. And so um we both really believe in that. We both Um, And so one of the things that we, in our dynamic between work and play is I've always, uh, because I was married so young. I mean, I was the first one to get married and my brothers and sisters, first one to have kids, even though I'm number two, Isaac, uh, you know, who uh, you of course know Isaac and Zach as well. um, They, they both were pretty close behind me, but uh, I was the first one to do that. And we were young and we were moving. And so we didn't, so like now time to settle down, get the picket fence kind of, we were very much like strap, strap on that baby Bjorn and let's get on the tour bus. So shared experience is huge. There's been a huge support and allowing for the kind of consumption that it takes to be an artist, let alone just an entrepreneur and a creative voice. And you know, in the entertainment industry, which you know very, very well, uh, you've got to be able to, it's it's a whole nother relationship. It's like a first marriage. Like I've been married. I was married before I married my wife. Uh, to the work, uh, to the creative.
0: When you speak about the being an, an entrepreneur, like that that is now by default what you are as a musician. There was a time when you could hand all that stuff over to a, a, a record company and management team and then just you know write the hits and you know go on tour. You know, you'd write, record, tour, see you again in 18 months, everybody. And everything else, all the marketing, everything would take care of itself. Now, as an artist, if you're not posting three times a day on your Snapchat or Instagram, your fans are like, where are you? You are, should be pinging my inbox right now. I demand that you interact with me. Uh, and you're like, boy, the way the, the money pipelines have changed, you're like, I'd better because this is how I get paid now. However, when you all went independent um, 2003, I think it was. Yes, that's right. uh, When you went independent in 2003, you were really one of the first bands who had had this colossal (laughs) fan base, this dedicated fan base, Uh, I dare say an enviable fan base and probably one of the most dedicated fan bases to any band uh, in the world right now, and you went, all right, we're going to all go on this together, and you, you, each of you, wrapped your hands around each other, and you've then you kind of created this new model of how the two of you treat yeah, each the, other, the fan audience. and the artist, yeah, yeah. But no one had really done that before. There were fan clubs. You'd write a letter. Mm-hmm. You might go to a conference. Maybe there might yeah. be a fan only like a flexy kind of vinyl thing you get in a magazine, like, woo, you know, that might happen, but no, one really, you were really putting the track down in front of the train here.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we had, it's so interesting. So many of the decisions about any career are what choices you make based on the things you don't control, right? You don't get to make any decisions in a bubble. I mean, meaning, you you know, everything has factors out of your control, right? You don't just get to sit there and say, well, here's this perfect box and this is the next thing I'm going to do. So we, yeah, we had to choose a certain path and, um, you know, basically after our first record, we, um, you know, the story a, a little bit, but for folks that don't know it at all, I mean, you have this breakout success signed to a, cl- a label that had real history, Mercury. And so a team of people that sort of that got the idea of what the band really was, And after our first record, after that, before the second album, before 99, when we were making the next album, first one came out in 97, um, we had a whole new label. It was not anybody that was the same label. So it was as if we had been dropped, which we weren't. We were just consumed, and the entire label just got gutted. So we were then on our second album, which was songs like This Time Around and If Only, and, um, you know, anyway, Safe Me was another single from that record. It was a hip-hop label. So... We That label, that record, we kind of survived, but you know it was not, it was very successful, but it was not successful at the level the first one had been, uh, mostly because six weeks after its release, the label was like, okay, next. Um, so by the time we got to the third record, we were still this huge asset, like global fan base and great records. And, you know, we had this connection, But but the label just didn't really know what to do. And they just would throw money at it without really understanding what to do with it. But we had something most people don't realize, and that was the choice. The choice that we can, we made to start a label and go independent was informed by information that we were paying attention to that nobody cared about, which was the internet. Um, you know, if I was... We, ha- we had to look through a lens that all the, the record industry and their hubris was just consumed with the power they had. You know, we have press, we have retail stores, we have radio globally, everywhere, not just the States, like the Australia, Latin America. I mean... Latin America was developing at the time more but you know Europe everybody thought they you know the labels thought they had all the power well we're like what this internet they could not care at all about our website and so we began to see that we already had fan, we had fans that were hungry and we're, they're just rotting on the vine you know they're just they're just willing they're there but we're not f- fueling them whereas the label just goes well you're not as pure as... you're just whatever your next single is. And we're like, no, 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 we already have this base. Let's build on that. Let's think about the next 10 years. Let's think about the next three albums. Let's think about how to be Bruce Springsteen, how to be you 2 how to be the bands that we grew up loving. This isn't just about the next song. Like, let's let's build a career. So we had a choice, you know, I like to say we had a view from the top. Like we had a view from the top. We could see the whole thing enough to say like, wow, it's not getting better than this and this sucks. So... We could actually make the move. They're <laughs> like I'm like at the four seasons and the service is terrible. so I don't have to wonder if I hang on will it get better? And so but still we had to rebuild everything in 2000 you know when they remember I was about tw- I guess I was 20 something we started we you know we chose we had a new new start on label, built a distribution deal anyway, all this stuff management, attorneys, agents, everything. Um, but, but again, it's, you know, that choice was, was not, um, there were a lot of options, other options, uh, that we could have made, which is just to stay around in the meat grinder and, and hide from the possibilities of the front end risk that you take when you leave and you start your own thing. But, um, we're here, I think in, you know, at year 30, with more tickets sold around the world than we did 20 years ago. uh, I think because of the sort of reckless abandon of taking the chance.
0: Yeah, there's no, and and this is, I think, besides the incredible ability that the three of you have to uh, write a song that will stick in my head when I am trying to do other things. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's what it's supposed to do. That's the job of what you are doing is to create melodies that I can't forget. And that's perfect. Not everybody can do it. Um, besides that, the admiration that as someone who's seen the music industry change from, and been a part of, you know, being in, you know, millions of years ago, being an independent act, you know, and, and, putting money together, pressing tapes. We had tape runs and we had a CD run, you know, understanding yeah. the, the money that it takes to, this is out, this is how many units we're making. How many can we afford to give away to press? Oh, okay, we'll give away that. It's just going to end up in the bin. Do we really have that money? Yeah. You know, I, I understand that, you know, and yeah, seeing the colossal amounts of money that You know the the old. It used to be like one Mariah Christmas, one Mariah Carey Christmas album pays for the ten weird bands you find on the fringe labels, and maybe one of them will hit. And you know, but Mariah Mariah's records were paying for everything. Uh, You know, that's the 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 money they make off that. Anyway, that you managed to, to create a new business model. In a time when distribution and unit sales and everything was absolutely plummeting and music was no longer uh, a commodity. It just became like a it was it was a utility, like water. You would push a button and there it was for free. You know? Uh, how do you then sustain yourself as an artist?
1: Well, that question's happening right now. I mean, yeah. it never stops. There, there there is no permanent state. Right? I mean that's a life statement, really just yeah. but for particularly for our industry. Our industry is perpetually changing, um, so yeah. I mean, we we've been we've certainly been lucky, and and we have made some hard decisions, and and they have not been um, they haven't necessarily been the shiniest or you know put the most dollars in our pocket on you know at each step, but they've they have been informed by that sort of sense of values that you know you have that allow you to withstand difficult times. And I I think that's one thing that's very important to talk about when you, relationships, businesses, artists, you know, one of the things that we do through who we are as well, but I know I can just, I'll just speak for me and not speak for everyone, but I can just at least know this is true for me. And I think we as a unit have embodied this. You, you need to be able to suffer through challenges if you expect to exceed the the average expectation. If you cannot suffer some failures, if you can't suffer a lot of no, a lot of uh, holes are in the, you know, there's a bunch of holes in the bottom of this boat. You do not get forged. You know, you, 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 you do not become, if you wither when those things come, you're probably not meant to, to be, to achieve certain things. Because frankly, there's a lot of paths where you, you end up kind of, and, and respect to people of all paths, you know, you don't necessarily want to own your own business. You don't necessarily want to be the artist. If you are kind of entrepreneurial and an artist, you are permanently um, at the front of with a sword pointed outward. You know, you, you don't you don't get to pass the baton. You don't get to pass the buck. You know, you, you're you're forever. How do I negotiate what's next? How do I continue to be creative and respond to what's possible around the corner? And if, if you're programmed to like doing that already, then, hey, there you go. That's for me. That's who I am. I love the process of solving problems. But it is also fatiguing. It's incredibly fatiguing. And if you don't have people with you that understand you're going to choose, I believe in this over easy win, if it's a, something you don't believe in. Then, then the people around you will start to crawl away like, oh yeah, I don't think I want to do that. I don't want to ride on that train. So we, we've been through that, you know back and forth between the three of us. you know, there's times where everybody doesn't feel the same way about something. You know everybody doesn't share that same level of I want to suffer for that thing. But um, that I believe that the you know the creators, and I'm not just talking my artists, you know, you look at Albert Einstein, you look at Frank Lloyd Wright you know, you look at, uh, you know, freaking Steve Jobs, you look at, you know, that crystallized and they whittled it down until it was just so right. Um, they, they, they had to have an ability to suffer for that belief. Um, and, and so you have to have a really strong sense of compass. And, and frankly, you've got to know what your win looks like it does not necessarily look like money in the bank it should look like a certain amount hopefully so you can be a good steward and have a family and you know take care of yourself but it probably i would argue i would put money on the people that have made most the most meaningful changes they're not doing it for money it, they're, they're doing it because they believe in something that ends up probably in a lot of cases leading to success and you know certain fame levels and financial success but You know they're driven by something else, and and it's it's a better world, you know, or it's a better idea, it's a better, but that means you got to like to fight, you know. So anyway, that's the Taylor, that's the Taylor perspective that wears a lot of people out. But I think that that's what a lot of what has informed certain decisions and allowed us to fight for things. I
0: think, I think you've you've crystallized what I've heard on this show many a time, though Taylor, you've you've and. The, the, the true fact is, and as someone who uh, purs- pursues physical exertion as a daily practice, which you, yeah, which you yeah. do when you row, you know the only way your body gets stronger is to be willing to hang out where it's hard. Yeah. You've got to be willing to, I'm just going to do this one extra minute where I am really out of breath, and then yeah. I will rest. And when I recuperate, my body will go, well, that sucked. How do we get ready for that? If that happens, okay, more of these cells, more of that cells. Re- Re- two Up you go. More muscles, please. And then next time you do it, a little bit easier. Yeah. And then you're like, actually, I want to get a little faster now, or I want to get better, or I want to get stronger. Yeah, and it gives just, you starts. And it's not the whole time. You don't need to be willing to, like, you're not, you're not Sisyphus pushing a rock. You're not suffering the entire time. You're just like... No it's literally just like, can you push, can you be willing to do it for 4%, the science is around 4%, can you be willing to push yourself to discomfort for around 4% above where, you, where you're willing, where you've been before, and that's where you can adapt, that's where you can yep. learn. And, and that's the secret sauce that you've, you've kind of just described. If for people, you mentioned something really lovely, and I, and I really dug it, you know, I'm staying at the Four Seasons, but the service is terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of what, you know, my, what are my options? An Airbnb, but I don't know how it's going to be. Right. Is there going to be crap on the floor? Is there going to be something old in the fridge? Yeah. Not everyone's going to be running an independent record label. Not everyone's a parent of seven kids, but everyone at something in their life has this thing of like, it's a scratchy sweater and it makes my skin hurt, but I'm warm. I'm afraid if I take it off, I won't find something else to keep me warm. Right. Like, what would you say to people who are facing this kind of, it's uncomfortable and I don't like it, But I'm afraid of taking it, like looking for something else, because I'm afraid that something else might not be there.
1: It's, well, frankly, it's a really good question because it's a very hard one to answer when you're genuinely in that place of fear. Uh, And I think what I would go back to, you know, when you're standing there in that position of what I feel is kind of terrible in like all these ways, but it's what I know which is a lot of what you're talking about, which you know, the devil, you know, it's like people live there and end up there. And and I understand completely. I mean, I've been a band with brothers for 30 years, so I know about that. Um, But (laughs) um, it's, ask yourself the simple question. How many things that have made a difference in my life, uh, how many things that I value came because of fear? I would, I would ask you to just think about it for a second. And if you're in that, you're like, oh, this, like you said, good, the sweater's warm, but man, is it uncomfortable and terrible. And, and there's gotta be a better option. Cashmere's gotta be out right there somewhere, maybe 100% cotton. Um, but ask yourself how many of the things that you value came out of like responding to fear, letting fear win, you know, proposing to a partner, you know, pretty sure you're probably scared, really petrified to make that move if you've made that move taking a new job going to take you know ap- applying for a new job at the school you chose to go to the, the buddy that's your friend that you you know maybe met like at the you know playground at the school that when you were in first grade or maybe when your buddy that you met in college or whatever that leap was most of the things that I would argue, I would guess most of the things that people value um before those things occurred they probably started from deciding to be brave. I know that's true of me. I mean, I, I can't, there's very, very few things that I think, and it doesn't mean it means good things all dis- require suffering. I really think it's important to say. I'm kind of a masochist, but I'm not saying that that's the point. It shouldn't have to be painful. It can be a, just, cur- courage can just be um, putting on a color shirt that you know is out of season today. You know, I mean, that can be courageous. And that can lead to another friend, you know, a new friend that reaches out and says, "Hey, man, canary yellow, damn, you know, I love that." So, I th- that's that's what I'd say.
0: <laughs> Susan David, uh, Susan David is an absolutely brilliant psychologist. She's been on this show twice. She has this. She has two amazing lines which I I I, I just I just keep coming back to. Um, Uncomfortable feelings are the price of admission to a meaningful life. Wow, and Beautiful, courage. Is fear walking forward? Mm. And if I remember those two things, and you're absolutely yes. right. I mean, you couldn't have you couldn't have phrased it any better. You said it's a difficult question to answer, mate, but you nailed it. What things <laughs> in your life that you value do you have because they were a response to fear? Yes, I was afraid Probably to propose the none. <laughs> I was afraid. Yeah, I was afraid petrified. to propose to Audrey. I was afraid to start a relationship with a, with a woman who already had a kid. But that wasn't as big as the. But I really want to do it, so I'm going to do it. And life's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's not without its challenges. Like anyone who's married, is not without its challenges. That's you know, the fallacy oh, yeah, is course. that marriage is amazing. Like I will, and da confetti, boom. Next forty years is amazing. Actually, uh, <laughs> it's like it. It's, it works. Songs?
1: Pardon? Yeah. Are these your socks? It's like, it's lines like, are these your socks? Like, are these or, your socks, you the, Have yeah, you wait, seen wait, the bin Is the Taylor? Did you the bin, leave? The, yeah. No,
0: the trash can line is the black ones, not the white ones. Because I'm pretty
1: sure they go over there. Um, mate,
0: no, I, you, I've asked you to put that tailor, <laughs> mate. So you know how I asked you last week to put this thing here, and, and now it's over there. It's been going there, for, and I asked you to put it here. Is there a reason why it's there? Because if it's,
1: have you just yeah. forgotten, Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, So you were, you were referencing rowing. I I love, I had forgotten that you shared that. And
0: yeah, I loved it, mate. I haven't had a chance for a long time, but I, I loved, I loved being on the water.
1: Loved it. Well, um, Oklahoma's. I mean, we actually have a couple of rivers that are, uh, we've in a lot, but they're, they're controlled. And so a lot of times they're, they're dammed. So a lot of times there's, you know, not water. So you do a lot of erging, you know, it's the stationary for people that don't know the stationary rowing oh, you're on the concept
0: machine. too, just fanging it out?
1: Yeah. Actually, I have a water rower. I'm oh! Like with water tank. Yeah. Get the better but, feel.
0: Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. just, I mean, it gives back, but the whole, it's the, it's the same. Um, but I think, you know, that, that was a meaningful step for me, you know, in the last decade of my life, because, um, spent a lot of time, you know, striving and creatively striving, but the physical was, and I don't, you know, kind of on an upswing now to try and really drive it back, but, uh, and, and build, build in into racing again. Um, but about 10 years ago, I mean, I just, it hit me that I had I really had stopped having any constructive physical growth beyond being a performer, you know? And sport, I loved sport growing up. I loved soccer, you know, I loved rock climbing. I loved, but, you know, you this other thing just took all the time and all the space. And I said, I need something that's gonna, I can just, go and I can just learn and I can not be in charge. I can take, I can have a coach. I want somebody to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing and to just, you know, but just the power of of like that, you're talking about that physical challenge, like where's your wall, you know, where's your 100% and knowing what that 100% feels like to get to it is, uh, well, you don't get stronger if you don't get to the edge of where you think you can reach. Uh, so I think that that is such an important thing. It's not about being some macho, you know, you know, gym rat. It's just figuring out ways to to get out there in the front of the mirror and and face yourself, you know, face what it looks like to try really hard, um, and then be like, oh, well, that hurt a little, but here I am, and that's weird. Kind of like a bunch of endorphins going, and you know, uh, tomorrow is a little bit. I can do a little more. So I, it's super important. You got to do it
0: physical exertion is a uh, a uh, 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 you know I'm a, am I'm, a I'm nearly 50 mate and if I don't get that physical exertion in I notice that the rest of my work suffers did you notice a a right. change in your creativity in your ability to oh yeah hold focus
1: absolutely absolutely i mean it's again it's I am not. I usually don't talk about that because it, it always annoys me when people get, when people you know give, post like here I am doing this, and I just think I want people to find what works for yeah. them. But just more from almost a spiritual commentary about growth, uh, the physical pushing yourself physically. I mean, it's it's chemical. Like your your body gives you all kinds of you know thank you, thank you for doing that. Um, the, the positive, you know, sense of feeling, you know, one of the things in the rowing community, you know, there's a lot of them, a lot of really interesting people that choose rowing. Cause it's not one of those things you just stumble across. So you got to pursue it. Yeah. Um, is this sort of, you know, I've done more before seven than you did all day, you know, and kind of this funny, like I already, you know, rode, you know, five football fields, you know, US football fields, uh, and, and you you all of a sudden you the whole rest of your day you just go okay I, whatever I don't do today I already did that you know I know people that run I know people that do whatever their sport mm-hmm. is um, I always had a hard time working out because it just bored me to tears you know so I need like an activity that's like oh, I can't think about anything else you know so this we just put out this new song today or just a couple of days ago that was uh, the single the the second single which is featuring Isaac um, but the first single this new project is sort of three sections that each of us have led um the first one was led by a group of songs that i composed and uh the song's called child at heart and the song child at heart you know this hook of the song is uh all about retaining the feeling of being a child having that childlike heart and being a child at heart does not mean like eating play-doh you know or you know crayolas you know it's the sense of hopefulness you know remaining in awe right keeping
0: awe at Very and so, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, cut you off.
1: No, that that's all I was going to say. It just kind of coming full circle. These these messages. It's that thing of um, if you believe that you can get stronger, if you believe you can overcome things, if you believe in the possibility of that unlikely, the the girl across the room is going to actually say yes. You know, they, then you you live that. You live up to your expectations, or you live down to them. Right. So I know that somebody's like well yeah taylor hanson you've done blah 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 and it's easy to be cynical from someone else saying stuff so i just speak from me i know that i will live down or up to what i expect is possible right
0: the you you mentioned the new record which uh, i did get a chance to listen to And, and as you mentioned the this is i guess this is new for you as as a band who have tradition you know up until you know this record being these are the three of us uh, making songs together and these are, you know, every song is, you know, a a collaboration between the three of us and this new album is divided into three. It is uh, songs, as you mentioned, uh, led by yourself, songs led by Zach and songs led by Isaac. Sometimes I, you know, if, if, if you're Jackson Pollock and you're painting on a canvas as big as a tennis court, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you, yes, of course, you're going to get the broomstick, dunk it in the house paint bucket and fling it, right? But if I say to you, okay, here's a canvas and it's this big, all right? In the past, it's been... You've got 16 songs to find that thing that you want. But this time around, it's like you've got six guys and then it's your brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Once you restrict yourself, right. do you find it pushes you?
1: Well, um, I think there's a story behind uh, where this, the structure of this project. And I, I think it does push you in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I think it does push you. um, I think it pushes you to make certain decisions, you know, um, you know, so that we've, we have always written it. Obviously anybody that understands music knows, even if you saw Isaac Taylor and Zach's name next to every song, you know, every song is not equally written or equally, people play different roles, but we've always just, you see a Hanson song. It says the three of our names. Like that's just the way we do it. Um, on this project, we're we're saying, well, these are the five songs Isaac wrote, and five songs X wrote, and five songs Taylor wrote, and they're kind of leading the production and the, the approach. But we're still doing it, you know, collectively. Um, it in this case, it forced you have less songs to choose uh, what statement you want to make, and I, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest difference. The writing side of it, uh, you know, the, the stories you want to tell, you know, the amount of impact you can make. Um, and I think it was, you know, giving up a certain amount of control, which I found miserable, but, um, but, but it was, it was what made, made this project different in the sense that you, you can't curate everything one person can't curate everything. Um so I think people will definitely you'll you hear the different creative voices and one of the things that's true about the project too is that we do have a lot of continuity because we brought in two partners that produced and and engineered with it. So it kind of it has glue that is that was kind of there to preserve a certain amount mm. of continuity. But yeah, it it changes your perspective. Just absolutely the size of the canvas changes what what you paint.
0: The idea of a of a band doing their own Kind of solo work within the context of a band is is not new. Uh, it can go really well. It can go really terribly. Um, Outcasts, Love Below, and Speaker Box is you know yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, exactly. It was basically two two solo projects, or it was two. Solo ha- projects.
0: Hey Ya is you may not know, but Hey Ya is a song on a double album. <laughs> There's a whole <laughs> yeah. other record that Big Boy yes, made. Oh, oh, I know. But yeah. Matt. <laughs> You know, and that was it. That 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 was it. Bye. One of the most incredible, incredible hip hop bands ever. Um, yeah. How did they? How did they come back from that? They didn't really. And it, and it. So it can. It cannot end well.
1: Yeah, and what they did, and, and I think they were on different paths at that point. Um, yeah. And that was part of the thing. Um, you know, one thing that I wanted to go into this project. Uh, fans will begin to hear different things from this project than they've ever heard. And there will also be things they don't hear that they expect to hear. Um, And just talk about that for a second. Um, You know, for me, I chose, I chose to do something that is very, was hard to do, but was like, okay, this will make this the most different as far as this project, which is choosing to be simpler. Um, I love production. I love harmonies. I love layers. Child at Heart, the first song we put out, was still pretty layered and pretty dense. But um, if, when when people check out this whole record, you know, the the front end of it, you know, the, the red portion of the first five songs, there's a couple tunes that are just, you know, almost nothing. And so that will open up people's, I think, view of just the different voices, technical voices, literally, and creative voices. Um, but I think just stepping back from this project and the overall scope of things, I just have so much gratitude for, for the audience that has joined us, you know, and has stayed connected. And we've, we've very much tried to, to give back to and sort of thank the audience via respect for them and creating great events and, and continuing to do good work and, you know, create experiences that are unique with our fan community. And, but you can never fully thank some, you know, millions of people, frankly, and, um, for for sticking it out with you and for sharing kind of your journey with you and trusting you. Um, and it's an, un, you know, it's one of those things, all you can do to sort of try and express that appreciation is to try and continue to do good work and to try and give people something else that they can put into their journey um, in life. And um, I just feel an extraordinary sense of gratitude that we, that we still, that we get to do what we do. And, you know, so the The process of this project was painful for me because be, not necessarily, it's not simply about the brothers, you know, different voices, different tastes, but the, more the fact that knowing what it is going to be, that's going to reach whoever, when this project is done, being like, I know this X, Y, and Z is going to be in whatever reaches that fan. Um, but I, th- but I think that's also part of what makes it really different. And and certain things about it are really uh, magical, um, and so it'll be interesting and cool to see how uh, how fans kind of take that.
0: For bands to get, you know, it's easy to make, a, we've all heard it, it's easy to make a first album, it's hard to make a second album. Uh, anything after that to try and maintain your fan base, to try and, and, and if not grow your fan base, to try and keep giving the people what they want at the same time changing with them is an incredibly, incredibly difficult challenge. Like, yeah, unfortunately Malcolm Young's died now, but I could play you track seven from the second to last ACD, ACDC record and track seven from the fifth to last ACDC record and ask you, hey man, which one came first? And you'd be like, "Man?" <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they had you know, a very
1: defined sound. They have an, pumped, an extremely divine sound, yeah.
0: They were pumping it out. For you, where is the, this is who I am, this is who we are, this is what our fans expect, and yet I don't want to be bored when I go to work. So how can I just, how can I just get a little salt on the rice? How, where's, where's, too far? Am I going to get a theremin on this track? Like, where's too far for you?
1: Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, um, I, I think the voice, you know, I think what is, what the continuity that, that I think is always, will always be there, you know, in the experience people have listening to Hanson record, and I know you know, as far as my piece of that, you know, the part that I physically can control and uh, what's Taylor going to bring to the room, you know, versus what we're curating as a unit. Um, I think what, as long as this kernel, I'll tell you what I think the kernel really is, but as long as that kernel is strong, I think that the audience care runs with it. You know, it's like you, theremins and strings and, you know, colors and production styles, you know, you, you listen to a Beatles record, obviously their most great example, right? Biggest band of all time, so much different diversity. We understand that that's because we had four writers and we had four voices and we had lots of change and a lot of time in the studio. Um, but you know, even between like artists like Tom Petty or just like Billy Joel or an artist like Coldplay or bands that have now had more than a, a one shot. There's a, there's a core that is the DNA of what is their voice. And then there's production, And then there's collaboration and there's certain style. I mean, there's a Coldplay track with BTS, right? Which we'll talk about whether that was a good idea or not, but, um, you know, that says something like, okay, well it still sounds like Coldplay. I'm, I'm not worried that people will um, still get what they kind of quote unquote expect as long as the writing is not lazy, you know, which is the craft, right? The melody. Um, and that, the performance is about connection. You know, music is connection, really. Music is, for me, it's it's that I'm not alone. I'm not, a, you know, it, it reaches out. You hear a Frank Sinatra track and you're like, I don't know, man, hey, this is just, I, I feel something about that moment in time. And, you know, or you hear a, just a great song. You hear a great singer. You hear um, music makes you feel not like you've been brought across just to connect with somebody else so style can evolve and production can evolve but that has to be at the center
0: it's different to get it's different to be older as a pop artist these days which i'm, I'm grateful for because it means i get to keep hearing your records there was seems to be a, there was a pressure at the time going are you sure you still want to be writing three minute songs mate you're 28 now
1: <laughs> on the go yeah i mean i i think any you know longevity in anything uh is a fight. Uh and and so two thoughts on that. One, I think part of the key is to realize that you're you're not trying to it's not a it's not one lifetime you're just trying to extend. You've got all these laps you're taking. So you know you at 25 and you know 28 and 35 and 40, yeah, you're the same human and it's a part of this long this long run, but you, you should be telling continually new stories in slightly different ways and slightly evolving it. So you're not vying for the same role at that point. I had, a, uh, I had somebody that told me, well, if you don't do X by 25, then, you know, you shouldn't, you know, it's never going to happen. And, and it, it bothered me so much, but I understood his particular perspective and, in in, in that's not as wasn't necessarily untrue it just meant that thing wasn't going to happen if it didn't happen by 25 but this and this and this and this happened so I think yeah I mean any pop music is you know sex drugs and rock and roll right it's it's a lot of a lot of you know sort of current feeling I'm feel this right now but if you look at the the stuff that's lasted at the core of that it's like is it good you know did it happen did it mean something and that lasts forever so you just keep you just keep hustling
0: we will be back with Taylor Hanson in just a moment I hope you're enjoying the conversation I I told you at the start of the show that we're doing some live gigs yes indeed the 3rd of April will be in Melbourne the 22nd of April will be in Brisbane Uh, there may be a Sydney show maybe a Sydney show uh, we're doing two shows in each city and early and late. So they start both start in the afternoon and then there's one in the early evening. So look, honestly, you'll, you'll have the sitter off the clock by nine, I promise. Maybe ten in Brisbane. Uh, but tickets are selling at a steady clip and I, I really don't want you to miss out because we've been making this podcast together for a long time and I would, I would love you to come and be a part of an episode. We did a live show a little while back. But this is different. This is going to be different. And I really hope you can be a part of it. A big thanks to those of you who've already come on board. I can't wait to see you there. Come say hello to the extent that local COVID restrictions will allow, I guess. Uh, tickets uh, you can get right now, com. I'll ask Andy to put a link in the show notes as well. Andy is one of the people that makes this show with us. Uh, he's our audio director, and Andy needs to get paid. So we are going to play some ads. But if you do not want the ads, if you'd like to go, I'd rather hear that without ads, there's a version of this show that has no ads. Yes, there is. It's for you if you support the show on Patreon. That's our gift. Patreon.com slash Osher. Uh, You can jump on there or just search Better Than Yesterday or search Osher Ginsberg on Patreon. Super low-level tiers. Affordable, easy. And if this show's brought you value over the years, we'd really appreciate it. All right, let's play these ads. We'll get back to Taylor. I I, I got to say, man, like listening to you speak today, and I know we've had plenty of conversations over the years, which I'm extraordinarily grateful for. I do not take for granted the uh, proximity that I've been able to have to the three of you over the course of your career, and I am very, very grateful to have oh man a witness to the growth that you have clearly described. Um, but hearing. You've spoken today so generously, Taylor, about I guess the wisdom that drives you and the core kind of compass points in your heart. And Mm. when you speak, so many lyrics of your songs are starting to make, oh, oh, (laughs) just (laughs) even the last hour. And I've been listening to your records, I've been listening to your albums for 25 years, man. And I'm like, Yeah. Ah, right, there it is. You know, and I'm Mm -hmm. and I'm just really grateful that you are you know, you are able to access that and then put it into again a melody that when I'm out the backyard uh, with a pair of tongs picking up dog poo, I'm humming. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's let the, me just let me just circle back and say one, it's been it it has also been great to have known you uh, you know as a initially as, as a, somebody that was an industry, uh, vet and doing it and like there with us and then, you know, to have shared a friendship and c- stayed connected with you during, you know, a lot of change in the last, you know, 15 years, um, longer than that. But I think, so appreciate it goes both ways. And Thanks, we appreciate the feeling that, you know, if you're putting yourself out there, you know, one of the, co- the things I do feel like now, uh, is happening and it's, is the feeling to the desire to try and usher in others, you know, want to be there for artists and creators that are earlier in the cycle. You know, I really am wanting to do that more and more and realizing how much fulfilling that is to try and do that. And I think one of the things that, that I can speak to that is kind of, it's, you know, thinking about this conversation is uh, it's great. You need to be fostering future voices that are out, you know, listening and, and spreading the word and communicating and talking about great work and keeping these dialogues going because artists that are choosing to reach out and put themselves out there are starving to have those dialogues because so much of our our industry is so full of the Kardashians, you know, it's so full of just, uh, why is that person famous? Um, and those that are taking that chance to turn and write something or care about something or, you know, put something really, you know, something that at least even if it's not great by anybody's measure by their own, but they believe in it and then fight for it. Like, that's what we, I think we need that in the world. We need creators that are taking, you know, just saying, Hey, you may not even like this, but I got to say it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe in it. I'm going to struggle for it. Um, And, and I'm not going to, I'm going to do it because I know that's who I am. Right. And, Anytime you take a risk of being an artist, you you decide to do that. You gotta be hey, you know, get ready to fail. Here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was having this chat yesterday. <laughs> we were, I was I was shooting a thing with some friends. Um, uh, we've got a, an election coming up and um, climate resilience and such as, it's a very, very important thing to my heart uh, uh, as I feel it should be for everybody because yeah. we only have one atmosphere. And we were talking about, uh, you know, delivering this line to camera. And I, you know, I just basically said, look, it was like, is a line that was a line right? And I'm just said, look, for me, it's commitment over content every time. If I say it like I absolutely believe it and I mess up a preposition or I mess up a word, no one cares because they can see in my eyes that I'm speaking from my heart. And right. yeah, the, the commitment and the commitment to authenticity. Uh, and I had to appreciate this. I'm someone who has a an uncommon connection with music. I have had that since I was wolf's age, all right? I've been told by my folks. Yeah. Uh, that's not everybody. Some people go through their whole life perfectly content to hit go on their For You playlist on whatever streaming service they have and that's their music. Or they turn on the radio and that's yeah. their music. They, and that's fine. However, I am a person who's, uh, who likes to dig deeper on that and go like, hang on, what are what other records requisite Marcus Miller play bass on? I'm gonna like, go find them, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, and dig. Yeah, but that's but great. That's, but, and, and that's just me, but for me, it's always been our artists to have, uh, and in, in a way, Taylor, it's also why uh, certain podcasts, I think in, in a world where there's a million, literally a million podcasts, it's the people who are like, no, I am communicating with the purest authenticity I can possibly muster. That's who I want to listen to. Right. because. They might be only speaking about something that a tiny little niche of people uh, are into, but I'm all over it. I'm yeah. all over it, and I think that's what for me is what I get from your your live shows. You're this fucking maverick who, you know, in the I'll never forget it at the Metro Theatre, three thousand people in Melbourne, and like you know the crowd's going bananas. You just pull out this gigantic Sharpie and just graffiti <laughs> all over the side of this twenty five thousand dollar piano. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and oh, God, you remember that? It was so fucking cool. It was like the most badass thing. Like that's rented piano. You paid a deposit on that, man. Come on, you're an independent artist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, basically, what what Taylor did is he 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 wrote the um he wrote the website down. He wrote the website of uh, of where to connect uh, on the side of this rented piano, uh, which is a conversation your manager would have probably had to have with Billy Hyde yeah. later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this kind of maverick um, idea of like, no, this is who we are, and unashamedly and unapologetically, this is who we're going to be. And, you know, I've talked about it quite a bit, and I tell, I tell this story all the time. There's a reason that I followed your band around when you tour, because I don't get those feelings in my body, nor that feeling of connection between me and everyone else in the room and the people on stage at any other gig. To know that you're touring again makes me very excited. Um. Mm-hmm. I look at your tour dates and I look yeah, back too. to the conversation we had about the aforementioned seven children and the pants off porridge moments. I'm like, how do you have the conversation, <laughs> honey, <laughs> I'm off. I'll be back in five months. Like, how does that, how does that work?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we do have a very big touring year and we haven't yet to announce the Australian dates, but we are coming back. We're supposed to be there before the end yes. of the year. So, um, we'll do definitely returning. Um, and so looking forward to that very much um yeah with the with the with Natalie and I uh, my wife it's it's I don't know it, it's difficult the, the amount of time uh, when you know you're going to be along away for a long time does absolutely put a strain i think the two benefits one more and more uh, i have you know bigger children um, and so i've started just taking you know Hey, when you're 12 or 13, I'm going to, you're, you're, you are going to just come with me. I've taken my, my oldest son went to Europe with us. He did Australia and New Zealand one of the years. Um, I've taken like people on their own sort of, so that extension really makes a difference. And then in the U S you know, a lot of times we're tour buses right. and you know, there's a much more, almost a some somewhat consistency. You get in your tour bus, you get in your, your little home away from home and you're there for, you know, two and a half months. Cause the US, I mean, just the amount of dates you can do in the States is more than anywhere else. I mean, we'll do probably seven to 10 dates. I would get, I think in the Australia, New Zealand, we'll do 48 yeah. in the U S you know, it, there's just so many, so, so much population we can reach. And so I think that you get that, that helps. So the summertime, like for mm. instance, I'll have my entire, my wife and kids Unreal. will be out with us the whole time.
0: That's
1: awesome. Um, so that, that's not, everybody's not that way. I mean, f- that, that's that's a certain kind of crazy in and of itself. Actually,
0: I'll bet. But mate, look if I if I go out of the house for a meeting and I'm gone for three hours, I'll I'll be in the meeting m- missing m- my kids. With my heart is like hurts because I haven't seen him in ninety seven minutes.
1: <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, that's 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 as it should be. As long as you can manage. Yeah. It. <laughs> so so no I, I, like, I'm glad you. they're coming with
0: you because yeah. like that amount of time away from the little ones, you know, because you're literally. If you miss them through the day, they're like, Jesus, you, got, terrible, you got bigger. Yeah. In eight hours, you're bigger, and you do different things than you did this morning, and I missed it. Shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. If exactly, it's a, it's very short. It is very short. That window of time when they're very when they're little is very short, and it is it is painful to miss it. Um, so yeah, grateful to try and take them uh, with with me oftentimes, and. Um, you just kind of take it as a part of the the badge of yeah. you know if i want to do one thing and the other there's certain things you're going to not you know not get as perfect
0: Yeah, but. mate i'm I, I couldn't be more grateful for the time you spent today uh speaking with me and I, yeah. I, I can't wait to to have you back in australia i can't wait to you know come and see the show um and i certainly hope you find a seat in a in a very long boat with seven other people uh when
1: you're out here <laughs> Well, I mean, wh- when, when are we rowing together? When do you oh. get yourself worked back into that?
0: Uh, well, no? give, well, uh, you know, I'm an old man now, so I've actually got, I've actually, I've had
1: a hip replacement. Oh, come on. The guys, Actually, the guys I row with are in their seventies. Okay. Yeah. Well, they've probably so got some hip replacements.
0: That. I'm just working through some issues with my <laughs> hip replacement. As soon as I can get my knee, uh, past, uh, if I can get my knee closer to my chest, um, cause it's a bit jammed up at the moment. Once I start working on that and uh, through the rehab, uh, I'll, I'll get through there. And, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd love okay, to. Okay. So you can
1: be the cox and you can just yell at everybody from the top <laughs> God, of the boat.
0: i 80 kilos, man. I don't think I can be a cox.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay.
0: <laughs> we'll find someone smaller. Okay. Well,
1: I, okay. Well, we'll hopefully, hopefully yeah. we'll, um, you can just, you can just point me in the right direction. I'll, I'll get
0: back. in the speed. I'll tell you what. I'll get in the button and go, you got guys doing great, okay. Put, yeah, yeah, stroke side a little harder, a little harder. Yeah, I'll do that guy. I'll be that guy. So- cycling does, along guys. next to the canal.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you've got a motorboat. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um. I actually got to row when I was in Melbourne last time in 2019. We were right. staying on the String Theory Tour. Yeah. And that was so, so beautiful. Yeah. Oh.
0: Mate, well, just anyway, like, seriously, like, don't even, I'm not even joking. Um, when you know your dates, let me know and I'll start asking for you. Cause there's people in my life that row, and I will. Oh my gosh. Yeah, mate. And I'll, I'll try and find someone at least, uh, you know, are, are you okay with skulls or you want sweep or?
1: Um, skulls. No, it's all skull.
0: Sk- you only do skulls? That's you know, you I sweep?
1: No, Never rode sweep. I've never rode sweep. Oh. Yeah. Sweet tends to be more collegiate, you know, it, this is all masters, you know, I mean, I'm rowing, cam up rowing outside of yeah, college, so right, a lot of yeah. these guys are all sculling, and so I'll be, you know, ride solo or with a quad, I mean, I've never been beyond a, a, a four
0: seat. A quad scale, right, it is, it is, some, but that's, yeah. As you get older and have kids, it is hard to find uh, eight other people who all want to do the same thing at five o'clock on a cold winter's morning when the, when the wind is low <laughs> exactly. so i understand why skulls and, and maybe doubles at a, at a stretch is, is is easier to get in to get another person a boat
1: i love four seat man yeah. i love quads i mean i think that's that's you can get some serious power and people have no idea what we're talking about i mean just boats with more people right yeah. but skulling is your where you have two row two, two oars instead of just yeah. rowing with one oar. on so just be careful, of those piano totally, fingers, I'm mate. Interested just, in don't sweep. you be jamming
0: yeah. those thumbs, dude. What's it like when you show up to rehearsal with a busted <laughs> knuckle?
1: <laughs> it's, it's happened. It's happened more than once. <laughs> but um, I'm more worried about doing that in, in uh, situations that are not rowing. I've done that with um, actually just moving cases or setting up or even just doing rehearsal where I've jammed, but it's never actually happened from rowing.
0: Well, oh, so. well, watch those hands, mate. They feed your kids uh <laughs> that's very important yes yes they do you're an absolute legend um thanks for setting up the good mic uh to uh, i really appreciate the uh the uh that you made that extra effort um my love to you
1: no i worries. can't wait to
0: see you guys you're an absolute gem of a human being thank you for the new record it's fabulous and um yeah i can't wait to see you guys again thanks for being on the show mate
1: absolutely my pleasure and yeah thanks for the great chat and so good to see you too and we will uh, hopefully get to do it in person <laughs> before 2022 says <laughs> goodbye.
0: And that was an absolutely wonderful hour and a bit hanging out with Taylor Hanson. What an absolute legend. What a legend. If you do go to Hanson.net, they do say that Australia dates are coming soon. Well guys, come on. We're busy. It's going to be summer. Maybe. Because I've had a look at their other tour dates. I'm like, well, when's the space to get here? Maybe, I am not I'm trying to figure it out. But the new album is called Green, Red, Blue. I have heard this record. It makes me want to go for a long ride on my motorbike or some sort of vehicle that allows me to get a lot of highway beneath the wheels. It's rather good. Hansen don't mind coming to visit Australia. And I, I thoroughly recommend you check them out when I come by. It's the best show. So Wednesday, we'll be back here to revisit my chat with Waleed Ali from a couple of years back and uh, I'll see you back on Friday. Oh, I will say dad pod, uh, all the dad talk with Taylor did remind me, uh, dad pod is moments away from returning and we'd love you to be a part of the show. So if you have a question for Charlie and I, uh, we've got a big panel of experts joining us on this season, which I'm pretty stoked about. So we've actually got people that know this shit. If, if you've got a question or a story about fathering either from you or a dad in your life, could be your dad, the dad of your kids, uh, a dad you know, DadPod at gmail.com, DadPod at gmail.com. Thanks heaps. Um, again, for those of you who already got tickets to the live shows, osherginsberg.com is where you can get them right now. Did you enjoy listening to that Taylor Hansen conversation? Because I sure did. Did you enjoy the feeling it gave your body, like this engaged kind of rolling conversation that was kind of deep and connected and... I love listening to conversations like that. I love feeling feeling in my body when I hear conversations like that on other shows. And I want you to come and get that feeling. Come and get that feeling. com. Go get tickets. They're really affordable. They basically just pay the cost of me and Rachel to fly up there and us to you know turn the lights on. Come on by. Chapel off Chapel in Melbourne, April 3rd. And the Powerhouse in Brisbane, April 22nd. Thank you so much to all the people that helped make this show today. Andy Ma, our audio director, Bruce Deal on research and support, Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of everything, and of course, Toe Hider on the music, and Taylor Hansen. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> That's a dream one. Until we speak next, sleep well and have of beautiful things.